What's up, guys? This is Zach Banner, and you're listening to the SteelerNation.com podcast. And now I just remembered to record. <laughs> so hello, Steeler Nation. Welcome to you, Steeler Nation podcast. I'm your host, Gene Stryker. I've always been, or already been talking here about Joe Schobert. We're sponsored by Total Sports Enterprises. Just see him. Um, but I'm talking about Joe Schobert, how he's just coming over from the Jacksonville Jaguars, does not have to be the man. And stepping into an ensemble because in Jacksonville, he had to be the man. He had to be the best, one of the best football players on the team. Thank you, Joel Anderson over there on Facebook. Yep. Ryan Clark, Ike Taylor, hell of a freaking defense. Uh, that's why Farrier, James Farrier did not have to be the man when he came over from the Jets. So this is this exact same situation that we're seeing where Schobert, another talented middle linebacker, like James Farrier was a tat- talented middle linebacker. Um, was the only fish in a small pond in for New York Jets. And now same thing with uh Schobert down there, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now on the Steelers, Schobert might be the seventh best player on the field before he takes the field. And he might be the third best linebacker out of the four, but we still got to see how how Heisman's gonna do this year. And he, he's looking pretty unblockable this preseason. So but I, I think he's gonna shine. I think you, you get that kind of talent that is that good at tackling, that's that good at playing pass defense, forcing turnovers. The guy's a turnover machine. He's good at forcing fumbles. He's a tackle machine. Um, he, he's somebody that we need when we lost somebody like Vince Williams. Vince Williams was a consummate pro. Probably the best A-gap blitzing linebacker the Pittsburgh Steelers have ever had. Better in pass defense than his metrics should have shown, but he was a tackle machine. The guy was just a, a monster in the a gap and the B gap. So we thought about bringing in Avery Williamson to fill that role. Yeah, we could have done that. We thought about elevating the players that we have Robert Spillane, um, UG three, um, Ulysses Gilbert. I mean, he's having a good one. I, I still like um, Marcus Allen as well, since he's made the transition, Buddy Johnson getting some reps, but as much as we wanted those players to be the next guy next to Bush, I think the Steelers made sure to go out and get the next guy next to Bush. And Joe, the show is that guy. I mean, he instantly bolsters our inside linebacking crew, which going into this offseason, I thought was one of our biggest depth positions of need especially getting rid of Vince Williams, Vince Williams coming back and then retiring. But now you've got a stopgap. You've got a guy that I'd, I'd even be comfortable with if Bush went down to being able to continue deep into the playoffs. Cause we kind of hung our hat on that Shazier type on that Devin Bush type. So when those past defending linebackers inside linebackers go down, so does a lot of what the Pittsburgh Steelers are able to do in their defense to be disruptive up the middle, strong safety, inside linebacker, nose tackle, defensive line. That's what they like to do. They like to disrupt. And if they can disrupt, then their edge players make plays. That's why our outside linebackers always have tremendous sack stats. And our you know secondary should be able to feast on passes defensed, hopefully leading to some interceptions. Like we're doing very well this preseason. I thought our... This preseason, we're getting interceptions at high clips, and that's all going to help out. It's it's. We didn't need to sign Joe Schobert to be the next great defense, 
But signing Joe Schobert will make sure that we are the next great defense. And that's my take on the signing of Joe Schobert. I hope you guys are excited about it as I am. Can't wait to see him suit up and start playing here next to Bush to see them get some rapport, especially with when Watt ends up showing back up next to him as well as uh, Highsmith. That's just going to be a fun four to watch this year. That's a really talented four. And it's going to take some pressure off of Highsmith as well. So I, I like that. The more talent you have on the field, the more pressure you're taking off the younger players. You're taking more pressure off of Sutton, taking more pressure off of Highsmith because now you got some talented guys that know how to play this game and that have already been pro bowlers. So we got another one. Let's see. Jury's still out. Speak up, Steeler Nation. Let me know if you think that Schobert will be the next James Ferrier. Will he be better than James Ferrier? Will he not be as good as James Ferrier? Chime in. I want to see what you're saying. I'm talking live. I'm taking questions too as well. Just having some fun. But the one thing I want to touch base on now, since I was traveling and I was working, unfortunately, I was not able to do a Q&A after the game. And I got to tell you, Steeler Nation, it was my favorite thing to do after the Hall of Fame game was to sit there for like 40 minutes after the game, just taking questions live off of Twitter, off of Facebook, off of YouTube. And we had a great time and I loved doing that. I'm sorry. The Wi-Fi sucked where I was. I couldn't jump on. I could, I, fortunately I could watch the game, but I didn't have enough bandwidth to be able to upload and go live. So doing it now, one thing I want to talk about for preseason games is how I watch preseason games. And more specifically, I like to talk about what I like to see in players, what I like to see in schematics, what I like to see in changing of philosophies. I mean, we're starting to see that in the changing philosophies. We're starting to see more motion in the backfield. We're starting to see plays setting up other plays within you know the same setup, same alignment, same motion. One time it's going to be a run and around one way might be an inside handoff the other way might be a pass down the field. Those are the types of plays that are the toughest to defense against because they don't key off. The defense can't key off of it because they don't know if it's going to be a run. They don't know if it's going to be a run up the middle. They don't know if it's going to be a run up the edge. They don't know if it's going to be a pass so that it's going to kind of create situations where the defense has to second guess and maybe be a tick slower to help that offensive line, which is now a road grading offensive line, busting people up in the middle and like I said, I also like to see younger players making plays. And it doesn't matter if you're on the second string. It doesn't matter if you're on the third string. It doesn't even matter if you're playing in the fourth quarter. If you show you can make plays against the talent that are out there on the field, it shows that you can elevate on the depth chart. When you start elevating on that depth chart and you keep continuing to make plays, that's when you start making teams. and. One guy I want to start off with today that's doing that now in two very, very short games, and it's a name that might be sticking out to you. It's a name you guys don't know because he was an undrafted rookie free agent. Guy's Jameer Jones, man. I mean, outside linebacker, the Steelers are thick. Steelers have Watt and Highsmith starting. We've got Marsh and Ingram as vets. And I thought Marsh was very improved in his first game last week, running with the ones, running with Highsmith. And then we draft Roche, who's making plays. And this guy, Jones, oh, it's going to be a camp body. Jameer Jones, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he does. What he, do, what he did against the third stringers last week was show he was unblockable. He was so unblockable, the Steelers put him up on the second stringers this past game. 
So he already elevated. He jumped Roche. And what did he do? He still showed that he was unblockable. He still got a sack and he's pushing. He's pushing. Guy like that's going to be really difficult to keep off the team. And, and man, is it tough to keep both Roche and Jameer Jones off the team? But Jameer Jones is making plays downfield in the special teams as well. So that's how you make this team. If you're showing you can make plays in as a reserve, spelling people, and you're making plays consistently in the punt coverage game, the kick coverage game, showing you can play all the special teams, that is important. That those are the types of players that end up sticking on the roster. And Roche's making some players down plays downfield too. Um, it's really going to be a tough decision, I think, between those two guys. But to see him be elevated to the twos last game was something that I really noticed and it stuck out. Uh, another thing that really stuck out to me was the second string offensive line. Wow. Wow. You had our draft pick Moore playing on the left tackle. Next to him, Kevin Dotson, our draft pick from last year, fourth rounder. Guy's a monster. J.C. Hassenauer playing center. To his right, we had B.J. Finney playing guard. And then you had Haig at right tackle. That offensive line is good enough to start in the NFL today. As a running offense, it's good enough to start in the NFL. And you saw it the way they were blowing people off the line. A lot of Steeler Nation out there is talking about, you know, Dotson, is he going to start? Why isn't he running with the ones? Guy hasn't been healthy. This is like his first healthy game where he's able to play in. He's all, he hasn't even played a full practice yet healthy, but he did play in the game, so I was glad to see that. I'm pretty sure he's going to be elevated here soon to the ones because that guy was mauling the poor defensive tackle ahead of him. I mean, mauling the guy, just absolutely destroying him. Uh, J.C. Hassenauer getting great push. Moore getting great push. B.J. Finney doing a better job than I was expecting B.J. Finney to do from the right guard spot. Um, and just watching those guys go out there and just slobber knock the guys in front of them, creating a lot of place. And I, I don't know if that's also helping out having Haskins on the field, if they go hand in hand. But, man, did that help out Haskins get some time as well. And I will get to t- Haskins here shortly. Um, but our – offensive line and our offensive philosophy of being able to down block and push in the running game was really apparent with the number two offensive line last night. And like I said, you got Dotson who's going to be a starter. He's going to replace coward. I like coward coward's going to be coward's going to make the team because he's, he's a backup left guard, right guard, right tackle guy's going to make the team Moore's going to make the team. He's probably going to be the swing tackle and the way he played last night. I don't think he's going to push chooks. I mean, He's already gotten a ton of snaps. He showed he was kind of out of his league first week of training camp, getting into some fights with Hayward and them. But then he locked it down. He got stronger as training camp went. He learned from his mistakes. He's very coachable. He's athletic. He's smart. He's big. He has great hands. That's why he was drafted. So can he improve enough to push Chooks to start the season? Probably not. Maybe if Chooks got hurt, he'd come in, but I think he's going to be the starting swing tackle. And I know for a fact, he will be the starting extra tackle when the Steelers bring in a tackle eligible onto that field. Love to see him go out there and make some plays. 
And got a question out here from uh, Juan Sizemore. Who's going to step in and fill Hilton's spot because Sutton is suspect? Well, last night, Juan, um, Sutton was actually playing outside corner. He wasn't playing the slot. So he's in a new position now. He's playing edge cornerback. Usually we have Brooks in there starting now as the slot. He started the Hall of Fame games. He played very well, in my opinion, in his first game. Uh, and, and Brooks Jr. was the was drafted last year from University of Maryland. Uh, they brought in Mollett uh, as an undraft, as, oh no, as a, as a veteran that used to play with the Jets and that. Um, he's an okay guy. He can play the slot. I, I'm not high on the guy. I think he can back up and do some stuff, but I'd, I'd rather see somebody like Norwood maybe come in and make some plays. Maybe Shakir Brown uh, make some plays there in the slot. Uh, one of these other players I want to see, you know, kind of elevate. We already know. I, I think we already know what we have in Mullet. I think we already know. But I think it's Brooks's job right now to lose. We don't have a Hilton on this team, one. We just don't. And Mighty Mouse was one of my absolute favorite players to put on a Steeler uniform. I loved cheering for the tiniest guy on the defense, sacking quarterbacks, intercepting footballs, batting down passes, playing tight ends that are twice his size and they can't get the ball. I mean, that was my kind of guy. And yeah, I mean, the secondary does have some holes to their one. Like you're at, you're saying that also happens because Hilton left or not Hilton. Um, Nelson Nelson decided he was going to be a problem, raise his opinions. Steelers are like, okay, go ahead. You want to get paid? Good luck. Free agency is not paying corners this year. They did not pay a single corner, a marquee or a big money contract. Everybody like stuff's great corners still out there waiting for jobs. Uh, former Legion of Boom guy, I forget the guy's name, but he's having some some issues right now with theft and that or burglary. Um, but you know, you, you've got great talent still waiting to find jobs. Hell, shit, they just fought, they just signed Nelson what like a week ago. The Eagles guy was sitting there over two months waiting for somebody to pick him up. I was just Steelers draw me. I'm I'm going to get a team right away. Oh, big money rolling in. Here we go, Nelson on the money train. Nope. He sat for a month and a half, two months. Time kept on ticking. What did he sign for? Like four mil season for this season on a one-year show me contract. Eagles get somebody for nothing. Somebody for nothing. Steelers saved that money cutting them, but would have been nice to have, honestly. I'm with you, Juan. I I wish the Steelers would have found a way. and, And I was hoping, beyond hope, that they were trying to keep Sutton and Hilton. I really was, but they, they decided that Sutton was the better take because Hilton is only a strong safety. He's a great strong safety, but he's only, sorry, only a slot corner, great slot corner, but only a slot corner. Sutton is a slot corner. Sutton can play the edge. Sutton can be the safety in the nickel. They can move Sutton anywhere on that defense, and they will. And I still think they continue. They will continue to do so. I still think we might see instances where Pierre will be out there on the field opposite of Joe Hayden, and you'll be, see Sutton playing dime safety back there with the other safeties or coming back down in the slot if they're having issues with Brooks, if they're having issues with Mollett. We'll have to see. I mean, it, you can't be deep at every single position. You just can't. 
you're going to have weaknesses on every single team that you have. Right now, what's our weaknesses at depth? Or Starting-wise, I think we're great. I think we're great. I think still I might agree with you a little bit there, Juan. That might be our most suspect position starting-wise going into the season is the outside corner position. Is it going to be Sutton? Is it going to be Pierre? I mean, we still really don't know. I mean, Lane's starting to make some plays now, too. Nice to see him make an interception. Pitts made an interception. I mean, we, get, we got some playmakers out there. We're, we're making some plays. Um, but going back to the game, I already talked about the offensive line. I want to talk now about my player of the game for game number two. First game was definitely Presley Harvin the third, the punter. Four perfect punts, four different ways. Barry came out, hit that first punt, gorgeous. Dropped a good coverage team, hit up the five. Coverage team was down there, stopped it at the one. Can't get any more perfect than that. Now, I love to see that too. Like Barry stepped up. He had a he had a good game. He doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the leg that Harvey that um, Harvin has. But he's a competitor. He's a good punter. He's an NFL punter, and hopefully. The Steelers can get a draft pick from finding a way to trade Barry the same way they did when he beat out Brad Wing when they traded Brad Wing to the, I think that was the New York Giants at the time for a seventh rounder. And, you know, that's what you do in this league. You try to get where you're deep at a position. You try to trade them and get a draft pick before you have to cut them. And that, that works kind of twofold. Otherwise, you'd say, well, why don't we just wait till they're a free agent and we, we just grab them? Well, if you wait until they're cut and they're a free agent, now you're competing with 30 other teams to pick up a player that you want at a position that you need. That is why you give away a low draft pick to try to go out and get that guy. And speaking of low draft picks, the Steelers gave up a sixth rounder for Schobert. Now they don't have a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder, or a sixth rounder next year. But, but they are probably going to be picking up a third round draft pick because of they lost Bud Dupree last year with that monster contract. Might be picking up a fifth round contract, uh, uh, contra- uh, fifth round pick as well in compensation, maybe another deep one. And that kind of balances out losing those three picks that you needed to try to help make this 2021 team the best team that you can put out on the field to possibly give Ben Roethlisberger, who might be in his last year as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers to give him the best chance to try to go out there and win a championship. That's how you do it. And kudos to Colbert. He's not sitting on his laurels. He's going out there and he's trying to improve this team anywhere he can. And we still have space where we might go out and pick up an edge corner. We might, if Sutton doesn't get any better, if they're not confident in lane and or Pierre, Maybe, maybe that's the next move that Colbert makes because on offense, I don't see us really having to make that move yet. We'll wait till cut downs happen too. I mean, Steelers will, will compete with somebody, try to get somebody on the cheap for depth. Uh, if they think that they're at a spot where they think that they can improve a couple places might be on the offensive line. If so, if a good vet gets cut that they think that they can plug in for me, it would be a, a, a center, a starter capable center that gets cut that can also play guard. That would be somebody I bring in another position. I might bring in somebody that could be a third tight end on this team. We already have two. 
somebody that an excellent blocker that can also make some plays with their hands. Doesn't have to be an, a great pass catcher, just enough to be solid, just enough to not drop the ball, just to go out. Cause when they're running out for a pattern, your third tight end, it's technically, they're going to be surprised you're running out for a pattern. So all you got to do is hang on to the ball. So like, like Xavier, like we used to have uh, the X-Man third, third tight end back in the day, a couple, couple years ago. Uh, I liked him as a third, third tight end. Um, just enough to make some plays down the field, though he wasn't as good of a blocker, which is why he didn't see as much action. A um, couple more players getting back on the train. Got to talk about Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was my player of the game last game. He was. I wouldn't say he was perfect. I mean, yeah, far, far from perfect, but man, what did he have? Four drives, th- first three drives, touchdown, 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 fourth drive, field goal. 24 points. Steelers were down like, what, 14 to three when he came on the field? Um, or four, yeah, 14 nothing. I'm sorry, 14 nothing, because he, he did the first touchdown drive right there at the two-minute warning. So, yeah, right there before the two-minute warning ended. So that that's what you want out of a guy like Dwayne Haskins. And that's what he does in training camp. Alex Kazor has been over there watching every single training camp and talking about what Haskins is doing in those two minute drills. He's the most efficient at getting touchdowns and two minute drills out of all of our quarterbacks in all of preseason. It doesn't matter if he's running with the twos. doesn't matter if he's running with the threes. He's, he's getting that ball down the field. He's making plays. And he showed all of Steeler nation last night, not only that he can make plays, but he showed Steeler Nation exactly what he can do when he has a coaching staff that believes in him, that supports him, and that wants him to improve and be a not only a great player, but a great man. And that's big. That's something he hasn't had before. He's always been elevated, can't do any wrong. Took his lumps in Washington, man. That, that humbled him. I, I, I just talked to a Washington fan last night and that guy was livid when I told him, Hey, hey Dwayne Haskins on the field. He's like, we picked him up as our backup quarterback. And he was like, Oh, that guy, he's a me first guy. It's all about him. He's terrible. Soon as it, he started off good, but as soon as it was all about him, he was terrible. And I'm like, wait a second here. He was in Washington for playing for a team and a coaching staff that didn't bring him in. And when you have a coaching staff that doesn't have their guy, you're already behind the eight ball. So anything you do wrong is going to be compounded. They're going to want to have their guys, the guys that they bring in, the guys that they draft come in and play. So he really didn't get a fair shake. He didn't get as much of a fair shake and he wasn't able to really develop. They forced him out there his first year. I mean, Washington's a dumpster fire from the fricking front office down. And the fact that they didn't, that Snyder is still there with the atrocities that he did with the cheerleading team and all the crap that they, that happened with them and the boosters is an atrocity, an absolute atrocity. And the NFL should be ashamed. That's a, that's a black scar on the NFL. We already know hand job. Bob got off on more ways than one with the new England Patriots um, with that whole massage uh, issue where he's having a uh, illegals that are forced against their will to give this old decrepit billionaire a hand job. And what does he do? Oh, uh, they're not allowed to use the videotape. It's insubmissible. Still mentioned did it hand job, Bob. 
You're a cheater, just like your coach and your quarterback. Birds of a feather. Dying a fire. <laughs> Cheers, Steeler Nation. All right, but back on the Haskins train. Loved what I saw out of Haskins last night. 16 for 22, 161 yards and a touchdown. Got the drives down there. We had two short running touchdowns as well, but that was a testament to that offensive line and Haskins' ability to make plays down the field even made it tougher for the defense to be able to load that box because he's able to play action. He's able to get to the edge on the boots. He's able to make plays, and that's what I love seeing. Kenny over on YouTube. No worries, man. Good to see you always. Always great to see you. Kenneth Beamer over there chiming in on YouTube. So we've got some fun stuff. And um, I'm just catching people up. You didn't miss too much yet, Kenny. I was only talking about picking up Schobert. Talked about the uh, second string offensive line that I thought was just amazing to watch. I love the way they're run blocking. And that's what our team is going to be a run blocking offense this season. And we're going to help out Ben Roethlisberger tremendously. And we already see Dwayne Haskins making these plays. And I'm not going to diminish at all what Mason Rudolph did. I mean, sure, we didn't score. But eight for nine on completion, 77 yards. He had a good ball that he delivered deep downfield. Um, I mean, the guy's still making plays. He's still able to move the chains. Yeah, sure, we didn't score, but it's it's just one game. He's running against first-team defenses. Our first-team offensive line still isn't our first-team offensive line, and they still haven't gotten the cohesion that they need to develop. They're nearly there. I mean, Dotson will be in there soon. As soon as Dotson is there instead of Coward, you pretty much got your starting five. That's pretty much going to be offensive line for this upcoming season. But they, but Chooks, I mean, just came back from injury. Banner just came back from injury. They, I still thought they played all right, but they're still getting some pressure. And man, was it neat to see the other side of the field for once with Hargrave. I mean, that guy can, can play. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why the Eagles paid that guy Boku Bucks to be their nose tackle. It's because the guy's athletic as hell and he can play. And he was getting some good pressure up the middle. Um, and he's, he's, you know, it green. Welcome to the NFL, man. This is the type of talent you need to go up against. Not just those big lumbering nose tackles, but those quick, agile, great handed, big moves. He can even spin. He's athletic. He's probably the most athletic nose in the league. He's like Jane. He's like Casey Hampton in a tutu. <laughs> the guy is just athletic. Love watching him play. Uh, but unfortunately, he's not a Steeler anymore. Steelers don't really utilize the nose much anymore. We got to use our, our money for new players like inside linebackers, like Joe Schobert, like paying Watt, paying Minka Fitzpatrick. I think they've done a good job. I think they've done a really good job with the decisions that they've made on who they're going to keep and what they're going to do. <laughs> Is handjob Bob Robert Kraft's Twitter handle? Yes, Brian Brown. Handjob Bob. Hashtag free handjob Bob. <laughs> that is a great <laughs> pun right there. Uh, yeah, I'm with you too, Kenny. I thought Dotson looked awesome and more. Yeah, I was all about the second team. Uh, and has an hour and... Um, BJ Finney, I was surprised to see how good BJ Finney looked in that right guard spot. I, I liked what I saw out of him. Um, but they were doing so well. I mean, I didn't even notice Haig on the right tackle side, but we were running everything up the middle. It seemed like we're doing a lot of stuff up the left too, which is where more 
Dotson and uh, Hassenauer were. So really neat to see those guys working in tandem and, and pushing hard. Um, Josh Dobbs, unfortunately took a step back. He was five for six. He only threw one incompletion, but unfortunately that incompletion was a completion to the other team. Um, and they ended up at a spot where they were in red zone territory with, you know, at the end of the game, only down by eight points. Uh, but that was before Pitts decided to show up and intercept the, uh, the ball to pretty much ice the game ran it back pretty far. And then the Steelers were able to get one final score there to, to, to ice it. So there was no way they were coming back. Uh, Justin Lane getting an interception too. I mean, Justin Lane's had an up and down preseason. He's had an up and down camp, but he had more up than down in this game and him stepping in front and making that interception was a great play. So I like to see him making plays. Um, there's a couple people too, that I want to start really talking about that, that I liked seeing um and i just lost my sheet but either way um all right i gotta go off memory receiver wise anthony johnson was doing a great job loved seeing let's go to the running back side loved seeing not only just you know um naji davenport or just holy crap naji harris is gonna be a great runner for us. I mean, yeah, he, he was limited, but he got hit two yards in the backfield, turned it into a seven yard, like got seven yards out of it. Like got to stop the five yard line. So a net seven yard game getting hit two yards behind. And those are the types of plays that we need to see out of Najee because we are still in this transition period where we're trying to feel out what it is to become a run first offense. Um, Loved what I saw out of Anthony McFarland. Nine carries, 34 yards, and now you're starting to see his quickness, his ability to even make plays when he needs to pick up that tough yard. I was surprised that he picked up that touchdown because he got banged in the backfield, was able to skid out, get open, get on the edge, and get in for the touchdown. So he's an explosive guy. He's going to be making plays down the field. He had another catch for seven yards. Uh, Najee had another catch for nine yards. I mean, these guys are going to see balls in this Matt Canada offense. And it's fun to see. And another fun to see guy that I was glad that finally showed up because I was worried first game, Hall of Fame game. And he's one of my favorite running backs on this team. And that's Jalen Samuels. I think he's the best pass catcher on the team. Uh, he was essentially a slot receiver in, in college, but he was their running back, pretty much played right there on the wing slash. Uh, He's a slot back more than anything, but the guy was essentially a slot receiver without also ran the football incredibly well. Didn't become a full-time running back until he hit the Steelers. Um, but he had a great game last game. He was getting hit and staying on his feet. He looked a lot quicker getting to the edge. He looked a lot faster in the open field. He looked a lot shiftier making people miss where he didn't do that at all. The hall of fame game. I watched that hall of fame game and I thought Jalen Samuels was hurt. I thought he had some kind of soft tissue injury, something that was holding him back. Cause he just did not look like Jalen Samuels and he should look that way against third string talent. And that's where he's running right now. Cause right now Najee's number one, Anthony McFarland is number two. And today they had Jalen Samuels running with the threes last night's game. Nine rushes, 34 yards, got a touchdown. Very respectable game 
uh, from him. Also, big catch for 17 yards um, on his only target. That's where he's dangerous. And that's what I like to see those types of guys. And he's a great pass blocker. That's a guy I like. They're bringing him out on third down, even when Anthony McFarland was out there for one and two, because they know what they have as a pass blocker and as a player that can actually break those tackles and be that slap back and get you that extra yardage and get you that extra oomph for those, that third down back type of, of position. So I liked really like seeing that out of Jalen Samuels last night. So kudos to Jalen for turning it around and having a great, great game. Um, going back to some questions over here, Brian Brown, didn't Mullen compete, complete more passes to the Steelers than his receivers? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, it was a good play by Lane. Love that too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, McFarland did look good. Yeah, the, we, we, we're all in agreement there. Funny enough, though, top running back for rated for the game was Tony Brooks James. So good seeing him jump on the field. He had the most yardage out of all of our running backs. 51 yards total off of nine carries. He had the highest average as well, 5.7, beating out Najee's average of five with only two carries. Um, but also interesting to see Pete uh, Guerrero as well come in. He got some carries. He got seven touches. The guy is fast as hell. Fast as hell coming in out of, was it Monmouth University, I believe? I'm going off my memory. Um, but it was neat to see him get some action. He showed some speed on his first carry, got into the edge. Um, and then he showed some some durability. But he had a low average, unfortunately. But I, I think he's an interesting wrinkle to throw into this group. And everybody's showing they can do stuff because when you're without Snell, with you're without Balage, and Balage is really really a diverse type of running back that will flourish in this type of Matt Canada offense. Uh, Snell. I don't know yet. Like I, I know Snell can carry the football. I know Snell is a running back, but is Snell a receiver? Can Snell make that play downfield if he has to, I, I've never seen him do it yet. Uh, I don't think he's ever had to do it yet. So in this offense, it's going to be tough for a guy like that to stay on this team. <laughs> Kenny. I mean, I know it's preseason, but I didn't like that run when Samuels ran out of bounds. Put your shoulders down and drive through those MFs. <laughs> yeah, but he already got his first down by that point. <laughs> I'm not going to fault him for that. <laughs> Bad habit he picked up from Bell. Good call, Brian. Well, Bell, you know, I did like the way that Bell ran because he never seemed to really get hit directly. And when you're the running back, when you're the bell cow, and when you know you're going to keep running the, the ball until the wheels fall off, sometimes you got to run out of bounds to keep those wheels rolling as long as you can. So, you know, that's where it goes. Uh, Chase Claypool, I just wanted to make a quick note. I did not like the end around that he had. And it was his worst end around that I've ever seen him run because when he got the football, he ran backwards two yards into the backfield. And when you're a wide receiver or a skill position player doing an end around, doing a jet sweep, you cannot run backwards. You have to run lateral with the line of scrimmage. So you're not losing yardage and he lost yardage. So the other team can gain yardage on him to get tackled in the backfield. So at least stay level when you're receiving the ball. So then you can move downhill 
and you're not running backwards. So you at least are getting back to the line of scrimmage at the worst, at the worst, you're getting back to the line of scrimmage. But that was the only knock I had on Claypool, but he's a great receiver and you've got to be a great all around receiver to do the things to be, to, to be able to do everything that you need to do to make sure that you're doing your job. And I think he can do that job. Um, though, I, I mean, I, I was giving Mollett some rough and rough, uh, praise, you know, I, not much praise at all to tell you the truth, but he did lead the team in tackles with four in that game. I mean, yeah, you, you're not playing the whole game. Jimmy or Jones that we already talked about who I freaking love. He's already up the depth chart. Um, he had a sack, which was a tackle for a loss. Um, so he's, he's showing that he's, he's deserving of being pushed up the depth chart a little bit. And it's going to be interesting to where that, where that depth chart aligns Isaiah Loudermill. Here's a guy that I've got to talk about. I, I can never shut up about this guy. You, you go over to SteelerNation.com. I am always talking about Isaiah Loudermilk. I'm always singing the praises of this guy. That's an inside joke with us, Steeler Nation. But I do, I do like Isaiah. He's a big guy, 6'7". Guy has great hands, great quicks, and he's still out there. He's making plays. Like That's what I want to see. I want to see... The lower guys on the roster, Quincy Roche out there making plays, getting in on a half sack with Loudermilk. Loudermilk out there making plays, getting a pass defensed as well, didn't he? It was the one that knocked one down. Uh, I think it was Loudermilk. Yep, Isaiah Loudermilk knocked down a ball at the line of scrimmage. Now I'm looking that up. But that's what I want to see out of my young guys, out of my drafted players. And even if you're only on special teams, if you're running down the field and you're making big tackles like Roche did first game on special teams, then that's what I like to see. I like to see them making those big plays and and knowing, hey, you're making plays there. You deserve to stick around. You deserve maybe to get moved up the depth chart a little bit. If you keep making plays, you're going to be a starter. That's what happened to Joey Porter. That's what happened to James Harrison when I was watching those guys as young players in our training camps and our preseason games, that's what you see. They jump off the page when you're watching them as rookies and first year players that when they, when, when it's their turn to be the next guy up because the guy in front of them is retiring, going off into free agency, injured and leaving the team, then you have complete confidence in that next person coming in, taking the job, complete confidence. And that's the way the Steelers have been doing it for a long time. And yeah, well, Kenny, that's a good point. And, and I like I like that point too. And Kenny states, Joe Flacco ripped up RD. And yeah, but you expect that. He's a second string quarterback. He's coming in in that Dwayne Haskins role, being a quarterback that's already been a Super Bowl MVP that put together the most impressive four game run in postseason to win a Super Bowl of any quarterback 11 touchdowns no interceptions that was that was incredibly impressive the guy can play football he's always in Pitt they knew he could play football in Delaware they knew he could play football they damn sure knew he could play football in Baltimore though their fan base didn't believe in him when even I was telling their fan base this guy can win you a, a Super Bowl you guys won a Super Bowl with with Dilfer with the Dilfer, Flacco will get you a Super Bowl. And he did. He got him a Super Bowl that year. He was a hell of a quarterback. And uh, so, but, you know, it's a man among boys at that point. This guy's seen it all. He knows how to read defenses. He knows how to win Super Bowls. 
the guys should tear up the second string line. But look at what happened in that game. Aside from a screen pass and a missed tackle that went for 73 yards, all they got were, were freaking field goals and long field goals. 47 yards, 47 yards, 50 yards. They weren't getting first down. They couldn't convert a third down. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco couldn't convert a third down. Well, you don't have to when you're getting a touchdown on first down on a screen pass, but didn't convert a single third down. So same thing even too with the uh, quarterback out there in front of him. Oh gosh, why did I forget that guy's name? I'm always good at that stuff. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it hurts that I can't remember that kind of stuff. Uh, But he went three for seven. 54 yards, decent game. Flacco, 10 for 17, 178. Just to put that into perspective now, Kenny, now that I'm seeing these numbers, Joe Flacco was 10 for 17 for 178 yards. Yeah, let's, 78 of that yards was one play and the touchdown. But that's, yeah, but still, I'm not going to take that away from him. But completion-wise, 10 for 17. Steelers quarterbacks, 16 for 22 for Haskins. 8 for 9 for Rudolph. 5 for 6. For Josh Dobbs, all of them, all of them had better completion percentages than Joe Flacco. All of them. Jalen Hurts three for seven. That's like Lamar Jackson being a running back quarterback numbers. And then they had Nick Mullins, who shouldn't have been on the field at all, one for five. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> I get old Nick Mullins with two both both interceptions, I should say. Uh, but at least thank you, at least for for padding. Uh, Lane and Pitts' stats. We do appreciate that and making sure that the Steelers won that game coming back from behind. That can't take away anything from Haskins' game. Haskins had an incredible, incredible name. Um, Kenny Beamer loves the louder, louder milk and ro- louder milk and roach. Of course, we all do. Uh, louder milk was head up on center on a play last night. Very nice job. Stuffed the run. John, great eyes. That's that's the kind of Steeler fan that has watched so much football. What do you watch? Sometimes you watch some linemen. Sometimes you watch some young kids seeing what they can do in certain situations. I love watching Dotson. I loved watching Roosevelt Knicks when I go to games. My binoculars, I'm sitting behind the play. I loved watching Roosevelt Knicks. Didn't care where the play was going. All I knew was when Rosie Knicks was on the field, he was blowing up the guy he hits absolutely destroying the guy he is. And I loved watching him run, but that's what you do when you understand the game. It's nice to tick out little nuances of other things. So good eyes there, John Burns. And uh, thanks for uh, making sure that you were able to, uh, to, to, to let us know what you saw as well. Um, Brian Brown has nothing nice to say about Joe Flacco. The buzzard stench remains. I will tell you, and I said this on a podcast, I think it was two years ago that I would have been fine picking up Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco would have been the perfect backup for Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely perfect. I think they play similar games. I think they throw and see the field in similar ways. I think Ben is far more skilled, uh, much stronger arm. But to me, back before we started developing quarterbacks, that's the type of quarterback that you think can come on the field as a veteran and not miss a beat. It's just me. But you guys may disagree. It's your God-given right as a Steeler fan to do so. Um, moving down the list as well. You guys got to tell me, too. I mean, uh, yeah, Rico Rico coming in through. I mean, he's been a camp favorite. 
He led with receptions uh, and yardage last night, 44 receptions for 45 yards. Um, Deontay Johnson, three receptions for 41 yards, has not dropped a single ball in all preseason, two games so far. So kudos to you, DJ. Keep rolling, baby, because he's going to get the targets. He is going to get the targets. Cody White also with seven targets, five catches for 39 yards. Anthony Johnson going two for two. I love me some Anthony Johnson, 38 yards, making lots of plays too on special teams. He's all over the place. Um, and Juju, it was nice to see Juju finally step on the field. We haven't seen Juju at all yet. He was the only one not playing out of all of our receivers in the last game. Three receptions on three targets, 22 yards, making the tough catches, getting hit. You love some, I love me some Juju every time he catches the ball. Kevin Rader making some catches. Trey Edmonds out there on the big catch and run too to get that one first down. I, I was like, who's that guy with the dreads? I can barely see that 33. Oh, that's Trey. That's Trey Edmonds He's doing his brother proud over there on offense. Um, Zach Gentry, big block. Big, you got, if you noticed that play with Loudermilk John, I hope you noticed the one where Zach Gentry just plastered. Uh, his guy on the edge on that running play. Um, I think I was on the touchdown. Yeah, we sealed the edge. Uh, just destroyed him. Uh, that was a great play. And that was something that I want to see off my tight end on the edge and not an Olay move like Eric Ebron did when they're tackling our guy in the backfield against Cleveland Browns when all he had to do was essentially just stick his hand out and touch the guy, uh, miss him, didn't even reach him and touch him. But yeah, yeah, those things happen. Um, yeah, Norwood, Norwood's doing well. I like me some Norwood as well to be. Um, I'm hoping he gets some more looks as well at slot as well as safety, uh, because I think he can be that guy that can move around a little bit. And I liked what I saw out of him. Um, Gilbert too. He's, he, I mean, they're, they're trying to work out Gilbert. The problem is everybody's moving down now that they, they brought in uh, Jobert. So Gilbert's going to move down. Uh, buddy Johnson's going to move down the line. Yeah, even Marcus Allen. So now it's like you had all of the inside inside linebackers that looked like they were set. Looked like you knew who was staying. Now it's like they got to cut somebody because they're they're gonna keep Bush. They're gonna keep uh, Joe Burt. They're gonna keep. Well, I guess behind those two, you got what three players? You got UG three. You got Allen and you got Buddy Johnson. Yeah, they might keep five. Who knows? I'm, I think I'm missing somebody, though. Who am I missing? Oh, I'm just going off my brain. I got to look up the depth chart. <laughs> Usually I have the depth charts up anyway. That way I just kind of know what's going on and I'm able to talk to you. And I go with the Steeler Nation depth chart, not the ones off of other other websites because they change all the time and you never know who they Oh, freaking um okay, DeGray Scales. Okay, he was the other guy that came in and he made a play last night. What did he do? I remember he came up in a big pass defense or something. I thought oh, they, they said he was the interception, but it was Pitts. I think they had the numbering wrong in the game when I was watching it. Um yeah, so but yeah, scales would definitely be gone. But yeah, Spillane. Spillane's the other guy that I missed. Spillane's definitely making the team, though. So now you got Gilbert. Allen and Johnson. And out of those three, you're probably only keeping two of them. So is Gilbert going to be the odd man out? Is Buddy Johnson, the guy who's making plays on special teams now, the guy they just drafted, going to be the odd man out or the converted safety that converted to inside linebacker because he knew his team had a need there. 
And he knew he could play that position. And he can. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Is it me, Brian Brown? Is it me or does it seem like every year, every receiver the Steelers have could make it on a roster this year? Yeah. (laughs) That is the problem you have when you draft well at receiver. That The Steelers know what kind of receivers they like. And now they're getting into the great root runners that have good hands that all they have to do is set them free. But the starting five from last year is pretty much who we're going to stick with. I can't see anybody getting bumped off of this team. DJ, James Washington, unless they trade James Washington, that is something that I, I know we talked about it. We know it's it's completely trumped up rumors. We don't know if it was started, though, by his agent to see if there's any interest and see what they what kind of contract he could get for being a starting uh, receiver somewhere else. But the Steelers would have to think of something like, well... Anthony Johnson plays the same position as James Washington. They're both Z receivers. James Washington doesn't play special teams. Anthony Johnson is an excellent special teamer for what he's showing in two preseason games. Do you make that move? I mean, Rico, do you, do you bring up Rico? Do you bring up Max Sexton? Yeah, you have to make the argument. Can I bring up a player that can be more, maybe not exactly better than that player, but can do more things for this team to make them a better team. And that would be something because James Washington right now, I mean, we might get in a situation where he'd be sitting as a healthy inactive. If we, if we were going seven as inactives, I think last season we only did five inactives. Uh, But if we went seven, like we normally do for inactives, James Washington would sit every week. Unless somebody was hurt in front of him unless Claypool was hurt, unless DJ was hurt, unless Juju was hurt, he'd sit because he doesn't play special teams. That's what we did when we had uh, Justin Hunt on the team. He's a, he was a talented receiver, but he didn't play special teams. So what happened when we had five receivers on the team and we go into a game where we had to sit seven, Hunt sat every single game. And I told people, I said, if our Z receiver gets hurt, he's going from being a game day inactive to the starter. And that's exactly what happened. I forgot who their, our starter was on that edge that year. It was one of those big rangy guys. Oh, um, oh, not Sammy Coates. The other guy, Martavis, Martavis Bryant. When he got hurt, instantly put in Justin. And he started. And that's it's because they play the same position. And they both can't play special teams. So that's just the way it goes. Kenny, you were nervous when you saw Najee would go to jump. Well, get used to it because he's a jumper. That guy's a jumping bean. To see some guy that big, that's a jumping. (sighs) Henry. Henry's a big, he's essentially the same size as Henry for the Titans. And the guy can get up in the air and he's agile and he's more nimble. Not as strong, I don't think. He doesn't have the strength and the power and the truck that Henry's got. But he's got the ups, man. Henry wishes he had ups like that. He's going to be hurdling people in this league. And we're going to watch him. He's going to hurdle somebody for a big play. It might hurdle somebody for a touchdown. So can't wait to see. I'm, I'm not going to stop a kid from doing that yet. Um, just because I love watching that kind of stuff. I really, really do. And that's the, the last thing Like we got to really talk about are some of these positions where we, we actually are really deep. We just talked about the inside linebacker. We touched on outside linebacker, but we're thick at outside linebacker now because 
We have TJ Watt, High Smith or Locks. Ingram's a lock. Casias Marsh, who I thought was going to be a, a lock, but now you got Jameer Jones pushing. You got Roche pushing. Usually Steelers only keep four outside linebackers. That's six. They are six outside linebackers deep this year when most years they barely have four. Barely. It's like this guy might make the team. I'm kind of excited about this guy, but not sure yet. But I'm genuinely excited about Roche. I'm genuinely excited about Jones. I'm genuinely excited the way I've seen Marsh play so far this year. We'll have to see what we do there. Really have to see what the and, and defensive line, man. That's another one. We would just have so much talent because Steelers usually keep six to seven and the Steelers right now have eight, eight defensive linemen. So somebody's got to get traded or cut to it. Alu Alu Hayward locks second string. According to the Steelers already is Mondo bugs warmly. And then behind them, you have Carlos Davis and Loudermill with Calvin Taylor on the third line. I'd, I'd say that Davis and Loudermilk might be better than anybody on the second line right now. I mean, Davis and Bugs, I, Davis just has that fight in him. I like seeing that, especially uh, when he gets in the games and he can play special teams. Loudermilk can make plays. So that's going to be the other camp battle to watch. That and running backs. If Snell and Balazs comes back, you've got a glut of running backs on this team that are all good. And drafting the best running back in the league already makes that that position, which was a position of weakness for this team. All you draft Knicks out there that want to come out and scream at the Steelers for picking up a first round draft pick at running back, you can screw yourselves. Really, you can't because you can't find you, you, you can find great running backs anywhere in the draft. You're right. If you're lucky, if you're lucky enough to find that great running back somewhere in the draft, Steelers were lucky enough to find a great undrafted rookie free agent running back in Willie Parker once. That's a guy that couldn't even get on the field in college. Couldn't even get on the field in college. And he became a pro bowler, Super Bowl champion, longest run in Super Bowl history. Fast Willie Parker. Awesome. But it doesn't mean you're doing it every year. Doesn't mean you're always going to find that guy. Freaking Kuiper. Don't. Don't waste a pick on a running back. You're not getting an ETN in in the second round down. You're not getting a Harris in the second round down. It's just not the way it is. Steelers will draft a first round running back. They they went out and got the guy they wanted when they got Mendenhall that year. He was a diverse running back. He had the most diversity of all the running backs that season. Now they go out and get Harris. And they instantly bolstered their worst position on the field because Who's your top running back going in there? It, it was Connor who you just let go, who you knew you weren't retaining. I guess you might've retained him, but you're still worried about making the salary cap back before everybody retired on the offensive line to free up our salary cap. And after Ben takes his pay cut, I mean, kudos to Ben still, man. I mean, are we at the point now where we can just be like, uh, Ben, you know that like uh, that five million saved us. Uh, we'll, we'll just pay it back to you. We got the cap space. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they could do now, but kudos to Ben to do it. He, but he intentionally wants to have the most talented team he can this year because he knows his time's up. He really does, man. And then he took one for the team. He took one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that we love. And he showed that he's going to take a hit in the pocketbook for one more chance at that last ride for a Lombardi. And I would love for him to go out on top. 
absolutely would love to see him go out on top. He deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. Well, peace, guys. That's about everything I've got to talk about. Thanks a lot for the questions. Thanks a lot for the comments, guys. Love talking with you. Cheers to you all. I'm actually, look at this, guys. Got a Coors Light tonight. Got a Coors Light. Never have Coors Light in my fridge. I played in a hockey game, and as a goaltender, the other team's like, oh, here's a beer. It gives, gives you some beers. And I wasn't drinking that night because I had to drive 45 minutes home, but I kept it, kept it through my fridge. I whipped it out tonight. So Steeler Nation, going with the Coors Light. The Isotonica beers keeps me hydrated, keeps me still out there doing my podcasts, doing my vidcasts. And oh, no, I'm, I'm only on my second beer. I had a beer. I had a Perlenbacher with dinner, a, a Hefeweizen that you can get at Lidl's in Virginia. I uh, had that with the pizza with the kids. So <laughs> Kenneth knows what I'm going to say next. <laughs> but love you guys. Honestly, Brian, Kenny. Everybody out there, Steeler Nation, love the feedback, love the talking. I'll try to get back here, too, for another Q&A after these football games. So just tune in after football games because usually I'm rolling, turning on the, uh, the podcast machine as soon as the game ends when I'm not at the game. Sometimes if I can get my Wi-Fi and stuff to work, I'll do one from, from uh, Heinz Field. That would be fun. That would be fun to get one out there. But right now, when I'm home, I'll do it from home. But thanks again, Steeler Nation, for joining us for the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Total, Inter- Total Sports Enterprises. Check us out on the internet, SteelerNation.com. Check us out. You know where to find us. You guys are already on there. You're on our YouTube, YouTube.com backslash SteelerNation. You're on our Facebook, Facebook.com backslash SteelerNation.com. You're on our Twitter, at SteelerNation. You guys know how to find us. We'll see you soon. And I'll be there rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!